Lady Susan here of Thunder on the Plains, and I am here doing some more pandemic madness with the amazing members of Chance the Arm out of Kansas City. God bless technology because we are able to chit chat on a random weekday evening via the internet uh, when normally we would only get to see each other during a festival season in person. So thanks you guys so much for sitting down and chatting with me this evening. You've got a lot of stuff that's been going on. So we've got a lot to talk about on uh, in terms of what the band has been up to lately. But why don't I have you guys go around and reintroduce yourselves to our listeners? Absolutely. Uh, I'm John. I do guitar and mando and singies. I'm, singies. Singies. <laughs> I'm stealing that. I'm Roxy and I do bass and singies. And I'm Ricky on the drums. Ricky on the drums. All right. So... The band, while you've been around for a little over a decade now, is that right? I think just on the tip of a decade. Yeah, yeah. Now, but you've had some pretty major changes in your group lineup in just in the past few months. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So uh, we we had a we had a lot of momentum kind of in the mid two thousands with uh, with the lineup that uh like eventually became our our main seven piece touring group and after pandemic we had to reassess a lot of things uh a couple of members had like health issues and just life things that they they needed to deal with and that kind of prompted them to to take take their leave of the band uh no hard feelings there like everything is is fine and amicable um but we after after pandemic we had just like this like i think with everybody we had like a year and a half two years to just go, what are we doing guys? Like we didn't practice for, I think the better part of a year. Um, and you saw us at Greeley. Like we we, we came out there as a five piece, just trying to figure out what, what we were wanting to do. We were, we were excited to, um, we were excited to keep it going, but we, there were just question marks of like, do we kind of start over? What's our format? We've been touring this show with a seven piece. Um, how do we evolve and change it? Um, and so we, we've experimented around. We, we had a couple of, uh, of tryouts of uh, bringing in different peoples and different lineup configurations. And um, eventually we, we, we contacted Roxy, who uh, we've known for years and years and years in the Kansas City scene. Um, and she's been um, a major player, like, regionally uh, with, with different types of, like, I don't know, party music, like country, rock um and she's got a, a a strong affinity for irish music and a bit of an irish heritage herself so uh, it just seemed like a natural fit to bring her in and say hey do you want to do you want to try out do you want to see if there's some synergy here so she came over um and i think that night after her rehearsal we we called her and and offered her a full-time position uh so we we weren't even really sure what <laughs> how that was all going to go. But ever since then, it's just felt like this is, this is the right thing. This is the right lineup. Like it's a whole new energy in the group. Um, and I feel like we, we've got a lot more momentum. Like our, our show now is so different. Even than when uh, you last saw us at Greeley, mm -hmm. uh, anything you two would want to add? Roxy, you got a, you've got, you're new. You've also been a fan of the band too. So. Oh my gosh. It was so awesome. When I got the message, like, Hey, do you want to, come audition for chance the arm and the timing just was like clandestine it was perfect and i have been a huge fan of chance the arm for you know better part of a decade it's um we used to play in local shows around kc all the time together and you know there's a lot of great local bands but 
so many of them weren't really my dig, but every time we were on a show with Chance the Arm, or sometimes even in shows that I wasn't in with Chance the Arm and I just went to, it was always such a great time. So, you know, getting a, a chance to be in this band is, is very, very cool. Yes, so I uh, uh, played a bunch of different instruments. Bass is always kind of where my heart is, and and singing mm -hmm. as well. But uh, yeah, kind of my I grew up singing with my family, and and my mom is a vocal teacher. So, you know, it's it's kind of been all around the world in terms of genres of music in a lot of ways. So, and, and she she's a pro. Our our first practice, um, we had about what five songs lined up. She came in and just just nailed him. Just absolutely nailed him. So uh, yeah, from there we were like, all right, let's uh, let's go ahead and call her up and see if she wants to stick around. She clearly <laughs> had a free week. I feel like it's easy when you love the music, and I there were so many of the songs I already I was like I've been used to singing along in the front row of Chance the Arm shows to a lot of these songs, so it was easy. Oh yeah, I mean it makes total sense if you're already familiar with the discography and the repertoire to just pick it right up when they say, all right, well now we need you to play this part, which is on the instrument you always play and that you are excelled in, and you're just like, yeah, I've been wanting to do this forever. So <laughs> for sure. <laughs> now, how, Roxy, have you do you have you had an affinity for Irish music before, or was it Chance the Arm that really drew you into the tradition and the genre itself? So my great-great-grandfather was from Ireland. He was an Irish oh, nice. tenor. Um, oh. He was this fantastic Irish singer. He sang all of these amazing songs, and he really instilled that in uh, throughout my family line. So we've, we've been really proud of our Irish heritage. Um, ever since I was little, we actually were watching a St. Patrick's Day show that I, was, uh, that I sang Tour Allure Allure in when I was three years old. Uh, the other day and I wouldn't get off the stage. It was really funny. Um, so <laughs> in terms of kind of classic traditional Irish music, I've really loved it. But when I started seeing Chance the Arm, that was kind of when I started falling for Irish rock and getting more mm. into, into the, the heavier side of things and seeing how those really meshed so well together. So kind of a little bit of both. Fantastic. And I'm assuming with additional uh, members on the band that maybe there have been some discoveries in uh, how the sound has evolved since we've heard you last. So any any surprises that uh, have come up as you started this process in melding as a as a group in this new lineup? Yes. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> I, I honestly can't wait for you to see the next show just because of uh, like I'll I'll do some spoilers here. It's fine. But so um, what we discovered in um, kind of this discovery period is that uh, we didn't know how to evolve our sound with a sixth member. Um, we'd been mm. doing seven members so long. It was like, there was, there was always someone to pick up the slack of like, well, someone needs to move this other thing. Um, and it, and it made sense. And now that we had that, that kind of vacuum of how do we continue to play musical chairs? Um, Roxy having a ton of experience in bass allows us to free up Paul to do what he's experienced in and like, uh, not to be like, uh, you know, education, uh, like touting all of the super credentials that this band has, but like Paul is a very seasoned collegiate wind player. <laughs> oh, like, he does it all. He kind of really does nice. everything. Yeah. Like nice. Paul, uh, Paul and Ricky 
and Dave and I all went to uh, the same undergrad, and mm-hmm. Paul and I were both uh, music undergrads, and I think Ricky and Dave were both pilots. So uh, we're just letting our music fly, really, is all what that is. Um, <laughs> So, so how long have you been waiting to drop that in this conversation? We've only been going for like ten minutes. I just thought of it. (laughs) Don't let him lie to you. He's practicing it before. Put it on merch. Put it on merch. They're the wings beneath our wind. It works if you think about it. No, it doesn't. (laughs) But so. Um, with with Roxy being able to move over to bass on some of the songs, mm-hmm. um, it allows Paul to like actually provide a lot more of a traditional sound behind um, like the really biting strings that and, and lead guitar that we have. So mm-hmm. he's able to do tin whistle and like uh, hush hush saxophone on some of these songs. <gasps> he's not a bagpiper, but like interestingly enough, the tenor sax has kind of a similar sound. Yes, it does. It really does. It's got the the timbre is very similar of the two reed types. So, so it, Paul's yeah. Paul's uh, biggest dream is to be like the unicorn for every band. Like if he, he's playing a different <laughs> instrument on every song, but that allows both of them to trade back and forth on on uh, bass for for various uh, songs that we play through. So that we still have kind uh-huh. of the element of musical chairs for those who like who go who go to our shows to want to see us just hop around <laughs> on different instruments, but. Um, I've also moved to a little bit of like a mix of electric acoustic guitar and mandolin. Ah. So oh. there's a, there's a lot more of an acoustic traditional edge for some of the mm-hmm. stuff that needed it. Uh, mm-hmm. But when but when we go to the metal world, like we are full tilt rocking your face off. Like there's no compromise there. Nice. I think saxophone, I'm sorry to bounce back to the saxophone, but my brain just went, when we do that hard metal stuff, it is very difficult to um, seamlessly uh, meld woodwinds into that sound. Like a lot of times those, uh, like Irish flute, which tends to be woody, would be almost too soft of a timbre. And I think the harshness a little bit of that saxophone will be able to... um, hold its own against some of those harder metal pieces that you guys do. It really so it's really through. exciting. Really good. That's so exciting. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, and, and aside from Paul being able to kind of be the unicorn and do whatever he wants, you know, then we had add female vocals to the band and that gives us so much more range right there. You know, so much more mm. we can do and the harmonies. Uh, we were practicing last week and I was just listening to, to Roxy and John and Paul sing and do these harmonies and i'm like wow this sounds really good right um, well what else have you been exploring then because you said you've you've kind of dealt with different uh, uh harmonies and different balances of the current music is there any new stuff that is coming out uh from these discoveries yeah like, you know I, I think about this all the time like um like i i just came back from ireland in, in April, like I went on a part of the Hammond tours with the musical blades and like, and that was really, mm. really fun. And I kept thinking the whole time I was going to get a firmer understanding of like Irish culture and storytelling. And what I got mm-hmm. out of it is I don't really have an affinity for like the, his, the historical and the storytelling part of it because like, I'm not Irish. So what is that? Mm. What does that mean as an American? Because like, I love it. I love Irish music. Mm-hmm. I love the history and story. But like when it comes to this whole notion of, of bubbling up new material or, or writing new material, it feels so disingenuous to write something that sounds Irish 
and yet isn't Irish. So uh-huh. how do we like balance this kind of it's Americana, it's Irish, like I'm not really sure what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But but I, I it, honestly, it keeps me up at night sometimes. Like I got an idea for a song, but like it's not at all Irish. I actually made a TikTok <laughs> about it. Like what is what is the his? How does an uh, American Irish band play Irish music? Like well, I'll write songs about the Boston Tea Harbor and where I can have a hamburger <laughs> whenever I want because um, it feels like that's a part of our culture, you know, tongue in cheek. Um, but I I started writing a whole bunch of. Uh, original songs that like I have yet to fully introduce to the band, but also um, I've been struggling with going through the back catalog of all these reels and jigs or, that are out there. Like they're, they're really cool and they're beautiful, but everyone has done them. So yeah. why not just write our own? Like that, that's yeah. a, that's, that feels sincere. It feels, it feels genuine because like it's real at that point it's an homage and it's still us. And it's still like, um, it doesn't feel like we're we're co-opting a culture that, like truly, it, like we're Dave is probably the most Irish person in the band, um, but like but at the end of the day we're we're American, you know, and it like mm-hmm. we can't pretend that we grew up in the same like economic hardships and mm-hmm. and dealing with the things that the like the actual Irish people have dealt with um, for like hundreds of years you know it just it, yeah so the uh the, that was a real that was you probably expected a really short answer uh, no i don't i appreciate the long ones you know me <laughs> <laughs> but uh so I, we're introducing some of those elements but we've also been trying to beef up uh, a lot of our covers and arrangements where um like ricky and dave and i sat down one evening actually it was the night that we were we messaged you, Roxy, I'm pointing to Roxy right now, and said, why don't we just ask Roxy to join the band? That'd be cool. Um, but we were trying to figure out, like, what do we want to play? What songs do we want to cover? And, like, I don't know why, Susan. Like, I, I've spent so much time in Ren Fair now. I, it didn't make the connection. But, like, I didn't realize what a big Irish influence Great Big C is on uh-huh. music. I had no yeah. idea. I had no yeah. clue. Um, yep. And I'm like what are these newfies doing? Like they've, they've changed Irish music as we know it, like modern Irish music. So we're like Canadians, man. They, they spearheaded the transition in the, at the turn of the century into that modern Celtic rock sound. Like on the, it was great big C and spirit of the West and the town pants even started around then too. Um, those Canadians, man, dude, they, they know what's up. Like, they, <laughs> so we, we decided, you know what, um, let's just do some great big C songs. Like, why not? Why not put them in the repertoire? So, like, Old Back Rum and uh, Ordinary Day. Like, these are great songs. Like, mm-hmm. let's get them out to a wider audience. Which, by the way, like, going to Ren Fair, I thought that Old Black Rum was a trad for four years. And then I looked <laughs> up the writing history. I'm like, oh. I know. Huh. The 90s. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Who wrote it? Oh. I know them. <laughs> well, see, that just goes to show that you don't necessarily have to be 
uh, of Irish descent to necessarily to continue writing in the tradition or writing things that end up solidifying in the general global concept of the tradition of Irish music. I mean, I love Ordinary Day. And I, too, when I first heard it, I thought it was a, a rockifying version of an older song that was, you know, from the mid 50s or something that someone had originally written. And uh, it turned out that, no, it's it's just it's awesome song on its own. And, you know, you, you really got me thinking about you know, as you were talking about the the conflicting emotions internally about music and and f honoring the tradition without um, making it a what's I don't like a like a cookie cutter or or a costume without making it a costume by making yeah. it an authentic sort of expression within a genre style that is honoring the tradition of that genre style while still being authentic to you acknowledging through that music that there is a distance between the tradition and yourselves and yet you still appreciate being a part of that tradition um it it's so interesting and i think it's something that the new generations of celtic music players are having to confront and struggle with and i'm hearing you know both sides i'm hearing the uh, the apologist side where you know, people say, well, I, I'm American, I have no Irish heritage, but I love the music and I honor it by playing in the tradition and writing tunes in the tradition. Um, and I hear you saying that you're really struggling even even with that, um, to try to come up with something original that still kind of maintains that sort of vibe, but still acknowledges from an audio perspective. Uh, an oral perspective, aural perspective, aural. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's such a weird. It's not aural. It, it's aural. <laughs> yeah, but it works. Like that's the word I'm looking for. Um, from that perspective, that folks can actually hear that there is a distinction, but there is that still nod to the trad. So, how are you guys kind of working through that? You said you were looking to write your own music. Is that tunes? Is that songs? Is it both? Where are you going in that direction? So, uh, by the way, I, I love what you said about putting on a costume. That's, that's what it feels like sometimes is like I'm cosplaying yeah. as an Irish person. And like, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, like Ireland depends on tourism and they depend yep. on that patronage. So like, I'm not knocking that. Like, mm -hmm. that's fine. I just want to make sure that I'm authentic as I can be without co-opting something that truly doesn't belong to me. Right. Um, so, um and I think I think a little bit of it too, and I think this runs true for any kind of genre. Um, is just what uh, what feels authentic to you. If you're mm -hmm. taking music and it feels like putting on a costume, then that's not what you should be doing. You should find, as we're doing, ways to take music and um, adjust it, make it fit your lineup, make it fit your feeling, your style, uh, your instrumentation in a way that feels natural and makes it yours. Um, yeah. If you know playing a a traditional song exactly as it is feels uh, like an homage and it feels real to you. I think that's great for people, but I think for us, we're just looking for um, what's authentic for our group is taking something like that and finding how it fits for us. The interpretation of it within your own lens. Totally. And that's, yeah, and that's what matters. I think a lot of us are coming from a perspective of going to Irish fests that have people wearing, um, 
you know, green wigs and green bow ties and drinking green beer sometimes. And in the Midwest, while there is a strong Irish and Celtic heritage about it, still the general public doesn't really have that concept of, you know, the Irish tradition within themselves. You go to a festival that is like pretty hardcore Irish festival and you're you're going to have that vibe. But the general public on the whole kind of doesn't. So the way that we're able to interpret Irish music within our own lens to bring that authenticity in a way that feels good for both us and uh, makes us not feel like we're contributing to the green beer, green wig kind of vibe, I think is really important. So uh, it's it's fascinating to hear that this, uh, you know, that's the direction that you guys have gone since, you know, I mean, you're Celtic metal. You're probably the most metal band I play on the show. I'm a I'm an artist that always tries to find, or I'm a DJ that always tries to make sure that I find I'm playing artists that I can hear somewhere in the music that tradition is happening and so there's a lot of even celtic or irish punk bands that i won't play just because they've gone so to a punk side that i don't even really hear a tradition in a lot of their music but yours is so hard rock metal sounding and yet you're playing stuff like the butterfly or coolies reel which is extremely traditional so um i guess this has been a fantastic conversation to have because I didn't expect this sort of introspection coming from uh, your group at this time. Is that new or, you know, is that just happened over the past, you know, 10 years that you're like, oh, crud, you know, is what are we doing in terms of are we playing the authentic way we want to play? Or has that always been a conversation that you guys have had or has it been on the back of your minds and you're like, man, eh, we'll see where it goes or what? So I, I'm going to answer that question, but I have to tell you something right now that it's something magical that happened in the studio a couple of minutes ago. Um, so when I introduced uh, the whole idea of playing Ordinary Day to the band, um, mm-hmm. I was met with a lot of skeptical, eh, I don't know, mainly from, from Paul going like, mm, I don't know if this is going to be a good fit. And when you said how much you loved it, we all looked at each other like, well, there it is. It's what the people I want to hear. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I don't mean to help collab your next album, but you know, if it's if it's happening organically tonight, then that's what we're doing. So we're you know, taking it's, notes. It's funny because the song I was talking about, liking the harmonies so much, that was "Ordinary Day." After we got done playing that, I was like, "Man, you guys sounded really good on that." <laughs> yeah. Hey, 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 it's just an ordinary day And it's all 
What, has this introspection always been on uh, the minds of your members, or is this a fairly new, like, the pandemic shook us all up kind of thing? No, I, I'm only speaking for myself here, so I definitely okay. I want to make sure, like, Ricky and, and definitely Roxy have a, ch- have a chance to chime in on this. Um, I've, I've thought about this ever since I joined the band. Um, mm. and, and, like, me, me joining the band started off as, like, I was an auxiliary percussionist who then became a mandolin player. So, like, I, I'm proof that if you stick around at a company long enough, you, too, can be the lead singer. <laughs> work your way up in the work company. Work your way up through middle management. Been there. Done that. Ah. Uh, but, you know, I, uh, Kevin, who's a, a, a former singer of the band, um, he and I used to go out to lunch all the time because uh, we, we we worked in the same building. And we, we had this exact conversation of, like, I'm not Irish how do I write for an Irish band? This doesn't make sense. Mm. And I'm a writer first. Um, you know, be- between all of the projects that I, I work on on a regular basis, um, it's been very difficult to just try and write for a band without just writing because the inspiration never comes for, like, unless that's kind of, you know, you're a jingle writer. Um, mm. You know what I'm talking about. I can't just sit down and think, Mm, I'm going to write a song that's exclusively for pubs so that people are clapping their hands. And yeah. like, what does that mean as a writer? Like you can't, you can't tap into that unless like you just have this really good feeling that, that inspires you to do it or, or like as, or it's a of, song about pubs. Exactly. Or, yeah. Like, yeah. So um, I, I think the pandemic actually, that gave me a lot of time to think about that in, in more detail. Like I, I, I had so much time just to sit down and go, what does that mean? And so mm-hmm. um, I, for, for me, approaching everything as a, as a writer first and then like a, like a, a team sport or a band, it's, um, I've decided I don't write for bands anymore. Whatever, whatever song I'm writing comes out, 
Like, I'm not going to try and think, this is an Irish song. It's just going to be uh, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. what, it, like, some songs adapt themselves well to Chance of the Arm, some don't. Mm-hmm. And the ones that adapt themselves well are the ones I introduce to everybody else. And, um, I'll, like, it probably pisses them off because I'm sending it at, like, nine in the morning to everybody. <laughs> They're just like, Jesus Christ, what does John want now? Fine, I'll listen to this. I haven't st- had my coffee st- yet. Stupid voice <laughs> recording. I'm sure it's whatever. Okay, yeah, fine. We'll deal with it later. But but that's how, how I approach it. As far as, the like, integrating it into the band, like... Um, I think what we're what we're experiencing now is we're exploring this whole other world of what Irish music can be for us, but also mm. like we're doubling down into a lot of our roots. Like we we actually did a complete rearrangement of uh, the High Kings Irish Pub that is I in love that song. <laughs> it is That's in wild. no way <laughs> at all like how is how their version is. Like it is the most metal rocked up thing i think we've it is ever epic. done i can hear it in my head i mean if you're doing the similar melodies but super hard metal mm, ah, it's yes i'm very stoked i'm very stoked it's kind of like a, a greta von fleek led zeppelin kind of approach to it and it works yes. it works really well like is it seven minutes long uh <laughs> like six and a half is that a challenge <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, that's all my oxygen. You, you two should say words. <laughs> you pretty much said all the words. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> yeah. Oh, just kind of like, I mean, Roxy, it might be kind of short for you, uh, Ricky, but, uh, you know, has have has this thought been in your minds about what does Irish music mean for me and what does playing Irish music mean for me? Like, has it been... Um, always on your mind, or has it been just recently in the past couple of years with this reformation of the band? Has perspective changed? Uh, you know, it's something that's it, it's always been on my mind a little bit. You know, my I, I always just kind of wanted to be respectful to the music. Um, you know, I, I knew that none of us were Irish. You know, and sometimes we'd tried to write Irish songs and it just didn't didn't work out for us. Um, that's why the jigs and the reels and the covers that we did, I really wanted to, really wanted to do it right. Um, and, and we kind of, I want to say we haven't quite found our sound yet as far as originals go. We, we've, we've written originals. They've been good. They've been, you know, a little metal. Um, but I, I think, I think the best is yet to come. Um, I've heard some of the stuff that, that John's written. Um, it, it's good. It has a lot of potential. And I think with this, um, you know, the new group we have right now, I, I think we can really take it a long way. And I think it's going to be really good. Awesome. And I'll, uh, I'll left turn it here and, and maybe it's just cause I'm new or I'm just an airhead either way. Uh, I, I'm not really, I don't experience the same kind of conflict. Um, maybe I should, uh, maybe it's a little bit because I do feel, maybe it's a little bit because I do feel very connected to my Irish heritage and, and that's been a a big thing in my family, even though, you know, to be fair, I'm a very small percentage Irish at this point, a little watered Mm -hmm. down over the years, but it's something that's, you know, a lot of the traditions have been passed down. Um, but for me with, with music and this is, you know, playing a lot of different kinds of music throughout my life. I think it really just comes down to, do you respect the music? Do you respect the culture that it comes from? And are you connecting your true emotion to whatever you're playing? Mm -hmm. And 
if you're telling that story, whatever it is, through whatever kind of music, I mean, and honestly, this applies through any kind of form of art, if you're expressing an authentic emotion, I think that that comes through and, and you know, you avoid the green wigs and green beer kind of feeling. And yeah. even if you are not technically Irish um, or, you know, any kind of genre that you're playing, even if you're not technically from that world, if you're approaching it with respect and authenticity, then I think it comes through meaningfully and it can mean a lot to the people that are listening. It connects you to people. And it's the yeah. same with a lot of our metal stuff that we did. You know, it's not something that we just spit out at practice. We spent a lot of time working with it. Um, and so that's, you know, just, just, I know we were doing a lot of metal with it. Um, a lot of breakdowns and everything underneath it, but yeah, a lot of respect went into it as well. And I, I think that's an interesting thing, having been a fan of Chance the Arm for a long time, because I am not really as a rule, a huge metalhead. Um, but something about Chance the Arm has always, it just felt like it worked. It was like taking music and just taking it to another level or, you know, adding another layer to it rather than just smashing metal and Irish music together. Yeah, I'm not a metalhead either. I've been to a couple of shows and, and decided while the art is clearly super, ta it's full of talent and it takes amazing skill to do that. It's just not for my ear. Um, but there is a really popular metal radio show on KZUM. And so I need to, I just, I just realized I need to get them your album so they can, he can listen and, and <laughs> get some airtime. So sorry, <laughs> I haven't done that yet. Um, right. I'll make a note to do that. Um, but then I'm going to ask, uh, you know, on behalf of the folks who do like both uh, genres, what are your influences when it comes to metal? Because that is something completely um, foreign to me in terms of that side of your genre bending. What are your influences from a metal perspective? I, oh, I've always loved Killswitch Engage. You know, I started listening to them back in, I don't know, 2005, 2004, 2005. But when I think of metal and, like, you know, I think of breakdowns in my head, it always just kind of goes to a Killswitch Engage sound for me. Okay. Roxy. I, I Like I said, not a huge metal fan, although I do love Killswitch Engage. I, I was, as you were saying that, I was like, that. I totally feel that, that kind of melodicness that you feel in that music. I, yes. I just, I ditto. Oh, man. <laughs> ditto. I've been a metalhead all my life. Like, um, it, it's honestly, I think it's the reason I, I got invited to the band in the first place. Um, like, former member uh, Justin and I used to, like, jam out on everything metal. And he's definitely a huge metalhead. Um, I mean, same with Kevin. And Dave has a huge, like, rock and metal background. Like, he, he loves everything from old school metal through from like sabotage and uh uh and others that i can't think of <laughs> um, to like gojira and, but for me um i i, I don't know I, I two I, I can only think of two central influences but i don't know i don't know that you hear them in the music it's because like i um i don't know it, it's kind of like a producer pop approach to it like do, does it need this breakdown if it and if it doesn't then we move on but if we find that the song like the the rearrangement of high kings needs a the breakdown that it that it now absolutely has then yeah it makes sense but i uh i love uh devin townsend anything that anything that guy does he's he has a intimidating discography that guy is a workhorse <laughs> and honestly like 
I'm a firm believer there's a Devin Townsend for everybody. If you don't like his really hard death metal, like he has a Space Cowboy album and it's it's glorious. Like I'm not even kidding. It's one of the coolest albums I've ever heard. That in Devin uh, Townsend Space Cowboy. It's it's like a space country rock opera. It's it's oh a Oh my. Group, it's called a uh, uh, Casualties of Cool is the is the band he did that under, but like if you if you look deep enough in his in his discography, you're gonna find something you like. I just happen I, I thought of that one because it's it's honestly one of the most accessible. But then he goes he goes back and he writes this huge death metal opera about a eighth dimensional being uh, who is totally omniscient who invades Earth for its finest cup of coffee. I mean that's what it, that's that's what he does. Amazing, amazing, uh, and it's a and it's a puppet. Um, Wait, what's a puppet? The 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 being the the. Do you really want me to talk about the puppet show? <laughs> I mean, uh, okay, yeah. This this is a whole other interview, and I will get you connected with our metal hosts. So, um, the Metal Manifesto on KZUM, folks, will uh, get you more details, uh, listeners, later. So, if you're into that sort of crossover stuff, we've definitely got. Got it going on for you. All right. So we've talked about music. We talked about the Celtic stuff. We talked about the lineup change. We talked about the metal stuff even. You guys had said that you were hoping to play some music for us because there's some new stuff out that has yet to be released. Is that right? That's right. Um, so we've we've got a handful of songs we, we thought we might jam out for you. Uh, one of them is from the old album. Like, God, good Lord. I called the newest album the old album. <laughs> wow, the, the one we released in 2020—that yeah. is totally That's different. Old. That's old. That you didn't get to like actually release to the public, like with people around you, until 2021, and it's 2022, and that's the old album. Honestly, yeah, yeah. We we had a show lined up and everything, and got got no. canceled. The old the old Pandy. St. Pat's 2020. <laughs> Pandy Express. <laughs> Express. <laughs> Except Panorama. it was not Express, unfortunately. <laughs> no, we've got that slow dining experience here. <laughs> anyway, music. Tell yeah. us about it. So uh, we thought we might go ahead and do uh, one of the great big sea songs for you. Uh, maybe a little old black rum. We thought we might do uh, Queen of Argyle. And um, we, we are actually in the process of, uh, and if they look at me funny, I'm sorry. We're in the process of, like iteratively recording some new material to put out there hopefully before the end of the year not a full album but just a handful of songs like that we can just stagger out there because like what is the album anymore do we need a yeah. full album it, like if as long as we just release something out there that's new um, ep's super popular so yeah yeah so um i've started some scratch tracks and it's it's not um brand brand new stuff but it's stuff that we do play now on the show that we've not ever recorded um and it's going to be i think a little bit more indicative of where the sound is and where the sound is heading cool well what are we going to hear first uh well first we're going to get configured uh we need to move ricky <laughs> to his drum zone gotcha. and then <laughs> uh, zone. I'm, we're going to tune up real quick and then we'll do uh, when this shakes the barley all right, we'll take a quick break and then come right back with live music. Well, not live. We're actually pre-recording this on a Thursday evening with music from Chancey Arm. Huzzah. All right.
her there. Boys, you had just been there. The swan was in her movements and the marble in her smile. All the roses in the garden. They bow and ask for pardon for no one could match the beauty of the Queen of all our God. The evening that I mentioned, I passed with light intention through a part of our dear country known for beauty and for style in the place of noble thinkers Scholars and great drinkers But above them all for splendor shown The queen of all Argyle And if you could have seen her there Boys, if you had just been there The swan was in her movements And the marble in her smile Pardon for no one could match the beauty of the queen of all Argyle. So, my lads, I need must leave you. My intention's not to grieve you, nor indeed would I deceive you. Oh, but I'll see you in a while. I must find some way to gain her. To court her and attain her, I fear my heart's in danger from the queen of all Argyle. And if you could have seen her there, boys, if you had just been there, the swan was in her movements and the marvelous. I'm Ricky. I'm Roxy. I'm John. We are Chance the Arm, and you are listening to Thunder on the Plains.
Barley.